0: WFAN, this is Mike San Francesa on the fan on this Wednesday, the 16th day of January. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Wednesday, uh, January is always a wild month for me because I almost have a birthday every month, every day. I mean, it always has been. Everyone one of my family was born in the winter. Uh, my twins are born on the 17th of January, which was also Muhammad Ali's birthday. So I remember that. Uh, that's tomorrow for them. Uh, I had a brother born in January. My mother was born in January. My wife was born in January. So every day I have to look because I have to be getting presents for somebody on, on almost every day in January. So I, it's, it's that kind of month. And, uh, my brother was born in February. I was born in March. So we were all I, – I was born the first day of spring, though, as some of you may know, March 20th. So, um, but uh, January is a big month for birthdays in our house, uh, and and, in our whole family. So it it is uh, almost every single day. But today is a day where uh, we will be talking to a couple of new players, one from each team Uh, who met the media today, obviously Lowry and uh, LeMayu, so we'll get to them. Uh, And the talk is of a player who is not signed, and uh, everyone wants the Yankees. You know, all of a sudden it's, hey, Yanks, listen, not that we want to tell you or we want anyone to tell us Ever to how to spend our money, we we don't want anybody ever telling us how to spend our money. But when you can get Manny Machado for the wholesale, by many of the fans' estimate and media's estimate, of twenty five million a year, which you know I guess is not a, is not a good day's work, but uh, wholesale. 25 million. You have to top that, yanks. That's cab fare. Come on, what are you doing? You got to go out there and throw it around, for, even if you don't want the guy. Uh, I wouldn't. Clearly, baseball is watching their dollars again with free agents, even making a couple of big, promising free agents or big, you know, prizes and guys who have proven it in Machado and Harper. Uh, kind of sing for their supper a little bit. Obviously you want to call it collusion, you want to call it belt tightening, whatever you want to call it. The players will call it collusion. The owners will call it belt tightening. What is happening is what the movement in baseball, after the outlawing of amphetamines and the tougher testing, baseball knew it was going to get younger. The move was going to be towards younger teams and developing farm systems and utilizing especially the international pool for players. And away from the idea of the 8- to 10-year contract where the guy on the back of the contract has the kind of money that Miguel Cabrera has. Or A-Rod had. Or CeCe had. Or go down the list. Or get in court with a uh, Ellsbury contract. What they want now is baseball's trying to get to a way where they pay for performance. And not have a guy have one year and then lock it up for eight years and not have to perform again. They want to get away from that. They want to create a model where they don't – they don't mind paying. They don't want to pay for past performance. They want to pay for current performance. And they don't want to be locked in on the back ends of these ridiculous deals. Now, one way – This can probably get solved in three years without a work stoppage. And in this day and age, they have become far more careful about work stoppages because they know what damage that would do, especially as they all compete with longer seasons with each other. So they look to stay away from that. The answer clearly is in younger free agency for the big player. But what do they give back to get that? What do they give back? Do they say free agency, okay, comes earlier than six years? But arbitration comes later. So we get another free year on the front end. If you're going to get a year on the back end, we're going to get a year on the front end. If free agency is going to come after five years, then arbitration comes a year later. Because it is not free agency that kills baseball as far as the budget. It's arbitration that kills baseball. That's where you wind up paying. You don't survive the arbitration years with a big player. You pay him. But you don't mind it as much because you're paying for performance. So the player's going to want to get free younger, which actually is also to the owner's advantage because he doesn't want a guy locked up for eight years when he's, 28 years old and think about, oh, my God, i got to pay this guy when he's 34, 35, 36, and he's not performing anymore. Look at the back of the Pujols contract. Look at the back of the Cabrera contract, the back of the A-Rod contract. Go down the line. All those massive contracts, probably the back of the Cano contract, that's what this is all about. That's really what this is all about. It isn't about Harper, it isn't about Machado, it isn't about one player. It's about setting a tone that will push them to a certain place in a couple of years. Greg Williams joins the Jets. I'd say it was a signing that has been greeted very positively by the rank and file. A very outspoken... A very confident, to say the least, maybe overly confident defensive coordinator. But it does say something about Gase. It says that he has some confidence in himself because, you know what, a guy who doesn't have a lot of confidence as a head coach doesn't bring in a Greg Williams. I think that's true. Turkey thinks that Cantor is part of a terrorist organization. They obviously have never seen the Knicks play. If they think that. Knicks don't strike fear into anybody. So they'll be off in uh, London without him. But you know what? They've been trying to play without him for all season, so they might as well get used to it now. And give the Nets credit. You know what? He does a heck. You know, I've known their head coach since he was in high school. I watched him play in high school, and he was a scrappy high school player. You know what? And he's done a heck of a job with that team. They get no—you know what they're, they're not, they not—they get no attention, and I hate to tell you, but rightly so. But they, they don't. But you know what? They—they they play their hearts out. They really do. He does a heck of a job with that talent. Really, he, he's a very good developer of players. He really is good coach, good basketball guy. Does a very, very good job. And as we move towards, and I went and looked at the advanced forecast, the Sunday forecast does not look as ominous as originally thought from this standpoint. The field will be, will be heated. It will be covered, then it will be heated. Number two, the winds are going to be less than four miles an hour at game time, but the temperature at game time will be somewhere around two degrees is what they're, but there will not be a lot of wind. And the Pats have it right, which they usually do, and they say, you know what, it's good to be playing when it's cold because that means you're playing in January. And they're right. That matchup is a fascinating one. Now, the Chiefs have had Berry practice yesterday, which would be a very big addition for them if he could be Berry. I don't think he's Berry on one leg anyway, so, I mean, I think he's just Berry by name. But Berry, healthy Berry, is really big. And that game fascinates me on so many levels. I mean it just does. I want to see the New England defense against the. I know what Kansas City's going to do. I could tell you that a mile away. they're going to press. They're going to play man-to-man, they're going to make them throw long. they're going to come up and play them, and then try to see if they can get the kind of pass rush they got against the Colts. How about the Colts firing their offensive? I mean, their offensive line coach. Now, it's funny. Reich fired him and then said nice things about him. But he fired him, and they had a good year. They had a lousy last Sunday, but they had a good year. And he said they're not on the same page. So, you know, he was with the Giants once before. He could be back with the Giants again. That wouldn't be a – that'd be an upgrade. But he did a good job this year with that line until the last game. Last game didn't work out. They had a very good year with their line, though, until they got trampled by by the Chiefs. And Belichick called the Chiefs dominant nice compliment. Maybe he's just setting him up for the kill, but he did call him dominant. He can call Hill dominant because in two games, Hill has 14 catches and four touchdowns. So they might want to take care of him a little bit. I think it's 14 for 275 and four touchdowns in the two games he's played against them, so they might want to pay attention to the little guy, the little fast guy. Because they got two weapons there with the, well, the three of them. You know, somebody made a point yesterday. It was a good one. The more it sunk in my head, I really thought it was a good one. I don't remember who it was late in the show. Mahomes is the Curry of the NFL. He really is. He's like, he has brought to the quarterback position what Curry brought to the NBA smallish, but lethal. And it's it's true. He is kind of the he. he it was a very. I don't know if he stole it or he thought of it. But if he thought of it, good for him because it's a very good one. I thought something that sunk in my head, and I kept thinking about that last night. And it's very good. I wish I had said that first because I thought that was very good. He is like the Curry of the of the NFL. That was very well done because he's smallish. He's not of stature. He's got this peculiar talent. And it's, it can be dominant. And he's always got this kind of, hey, I got it, I got it, I'm cool, I'm here, I'm cool, I got it, and, you know, everything's fine, everything's great, yeah, just throw it out here, throw it out here. And it, like, like it's, it's like it's, you know, you still can do it and kind of chew gum at the same time. It's like, it's like that kind of deal. Like when Curry goes like to the line during a big game and he's like playing, you know, sticking his mouthpiece out and he's playing with his mouthpiece, you know, he's like got it half in, half out of his mouth. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just another day at the gym. It's one of those deals, but that was a good one. I like that one. So we got a lot to get to today, as we said, we'll have a Met and a Yankee. And if you think the Mets and Yankees are going to get back in, well, number one. I always told you, never count the Yankees out until the guys are signed, sealed, and delivered because they're the Yankees. So, and as far as the Mets, they were never getting in. So the Yan- nothing has changed. The Yankees were never out because they're never out until the guy has a uniform on. And the Mets are not in when you're going down that aisle. Mets don't go down that aisle. That's it. When they're in the store, you know, the kids in the wagon, they don't go down that aisle. That's it. They just stay out of that aisle. They're like, no, we don't go in we do. We go in this aisle. This aisle. We don't go out. We don't go down that aisle. So that's the bottom. They're not going down there. And the Yankees are never out of anything. They can always come in with the uh, late swoon and write the check. So it's anything is possible with them. A lot to do today. Back after this.